Neil Gill for breakfast. Anytime you want on Listener. Coming up on this week's edition of the Triple M Breakfast Podcast. Firstly, thanks for joining me. And on the show today, we're going to have a bit of a look at agriculture and what's been happening in the paddocks in and around our towns here. Now, have you noticed the white flowers that are about in the Blaney area at the moment? Well, what are they? And we've certainly seen a lot of rain. What's that doing for agriculture in terms of production, in terms of apple crop, and as well, how is it impacting our sheep and our herds in the paddocks? We'll catch up with Bruce Reynolds to discuss all those things. And also on the show, we're heading to Mount Panorama, our local motor racing sensation, Mr. Cody Bircher is setting off in his brand new Nissan Altima V8 supercar and he's tackling the mountain in the Dunlop series uh, as part of this weekend's Thrifty Bathurst 500. Plenty to have a look at on the show this week, but firstly, let's talk about pickleball and joining me online to have a discussion about a come and try day for ladies. Belinda Greaves with us. How are you, Belinda? Hello, Neil. How are you this morning? I'm doing really well, thanks. Very doing good. well. Very good. Now, uh, pickleball. Firstly, before we get into the pickleball, tell me about the National Rural Women's Coalition muster that happened in Canberra. Okay. Well, I was fortunate to be selected for this, which is basically a leadership program for rural, regional and remote women around Australia. And uh, seven or eight of us were picked to go to Canberra for four or five days and learn some leadership skills, meet some interesting women in positions of authority and become way more familiar with our system of uh, governance, visits to Parliament House, etc. And it was an amazing project, um, which we then turn into a project that we implement in our communities at home. So uh, that's what the the National Rural Women's Coalition muster was all about. Okay, and I'm guessing the project that you've uh, come back to Orange with is to give older women the opportunity to stay active because we know the importance that as we get older, staying active is critical. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Just moving, getting out and about, has amazing um, health benefits um, and also is really good for uh, providing opportunities to interact with other people. So there's health and social benefits. Uh, but with pickleball, there's also hopefully a bit of fun. So <laughs> that's, that, was, that was what I was trying to do was uh, meld the, the health. Neil Gill for breakfast. Anytime you want, on listener. And six to nine weekdays on Orange in the Central West, 105.1 Triple M. To us, what is it essentially about? Well, it's it's best to start with what it's not. It's not tennis. <laughs> it's it's not badminton. It's not ping pong. But it is a bit of a combination of all three. It's played on a, a court that's marked out. It looks like the shape of a tennis court, but isn't really the size. It's much smaller. Okay. And uh, the net is a bit lower. And you can play singles or doubles, mixed men or women, um, and it's got a lighter racket than tennis, a lighter ball than tennis, and but similar rules as ping pong. Uh, so it's yeah, it's it's a bit of a mishmash, um, but it's it's growing in its own right because it's fun and it's got some great health benefits for people. Yeah. Okay. Now, for ladies, you've put you're putting on a come try day this Saturday. Give us the details. 
Okay, it's at the PCYC um, on the morning of this coming Saturday, the 24th of Feb, between 9 and 12. Um, it's free. There's no commitment. You don't, you're not signing up to join a club or anything. And we have some women from Dubbo Pickleball coming down to show us how it's done. And hopefully they'll, they'll have some demos at about 9.15, 10.15, 11.15. And in between time, you can give it a go um, or just watch or hover in the background or whatever you feel most comfortable with. Um, and, and that's the opportunity. Give it a go. No need to sign up to anything. And if you like it, if it takes off um, and there's enough interest, we'll get something going on a more regular basis. Okay. Yeah, fantastic. And uh, the benefits not only physical, but I guess uh, for for interaction, mental health, the, the benefits will be uh, significant there as well. Yes, we hope so. I mean, particularly if people make a regular um, thing of it and enjoy it, then then that's what then that's going to be of benefit to people. Um, ultimately, we hope maybe we can measure some of that. But um, in the first instance, it's fun. It's free. Give it a go. Okay, pickleball ladies, you can go and play this Saturday at the PCYC between uh, 9 and 12. Do they need to register or just head along? No, you can just turn up. We'll we'll see who's there and, you know, if anybody wants follow-up, we'll get their details. Fantastic. Belinda Groves with us. Nice to chat this morning. Thanks for your time. Okay, thanks, Neil. Cheers. Neil Gill for breakfast. The podcast. All right, time to turn our attention to agriculture now. There's been... Plenty of rainfall, and I thought we'd find out about how it's been impacting a vast array of different sections of our agricultural economy here. And joining us to discuss, Bruce Reynolds, how are you? Top of the morning, Neil. I've seen some white flowering crops around Blaney area at the moment. What are they? So we're talking about buckwheat that it's out in flower at the moment, and, and quite spectacular. There are some very nice buckwheat crops around the Blaney area. One that you can notice if you're driving between Millthorpe and Blaney, um, just on the western side there, is, uh, is one of those crops. But the, the tableland is ideal. It's an ideal climate to, to grow this crop, and it is a summer crop um, because it doesn't like frosts at all. So, yeah, look, it, it, it's just great to see um, crops, uh, buckwheat crops out in flower and looking very good. Okay. Uh, buckwheat, let's talk about that. It's a vintage grain that's made a bit of a resurgence. It has. It's been around for a while. We've been, we've been growing buckwheat you know, for 20 or 30 years around that Blaney Millthorpe area um, because of the, the cold climate. And it's used a lot for Japanese noodles. Um, but also the, the flour. Our people use it for other purposes with regard to the flour. And it is actually a fruit. Uh, it's um, not technically a cereal. It's, it's actually a, a fruiting crop. Um, but it, it does have some beneficial um, uh, effects on, on some people and, and some people who uh, can't use conventional flour, use buckwheat flour. But as I said, it's also used for those Japanese noodles. But we do import a lot of buck, buckwheat flour and most of that comes in from China. Okay, interesting. Now, we've had a bit of rain about lately. Has that been of benefit? 
Well, it certainly has to the buckwheat. Mm. Um, but look, as in a, a, there's been mixed fortunes, I suppose you could say around. Um, you know, the the pastures as have really taken off, and you know the the early clover shooting. Normally, you, you get a, an early shooting, and then you get hot, dry weather. So far, so good. And the, the clover and, and the grasses have started to take off. So we're looking at a, a reasonably good autumn um, at this date. So you know, next couple of weeks, as in we'll, we'll probably get a little bit more rain uh, today and maybe tomorrow. Um, and then it, it probably will fine up. It'll get warmer again. So we probably need a follow-up fall in about seven to ten days. Fingers crossed we get that. But being very nicely set up for um, a good autumn. Yeah, look, we've had some massive falls. Some people under these storms. Is there any crops that have laid down as a result? Look, it's more been fences that have been damaged. We have had some gully rakers. Um, uh, earlier this week, I was talking to a couple of people in downtown Blaney itself, as an example, and they said they've had over 200 millimetres, I think, in the last 10 days. Personally, wow. I've only had about 50 or 60, but I have heard of, of some falls, you know, that 100 plus millimetres in, in a single thunderstorm. And we saw at the airport the other day, um, you know, there was about 60 millimetres that, mm. that fell in a thunderstorm. So highly possible, but it is causing a little bit of damage to fences, probably not so much to crops. Uh, also getting in a few roofs that it's also created a, yeah, a, right. a few hassles with those thunderstorms. Indeed. All right. What about uh, sheep and fly strike? Look, I've heard a lot of reports because it's so humid, plus the rain, plus the heat. Um, flies are a big problem with sheep this year. Um, so, look, a, a lot of producers, I, I've heard that a number are shearing, particularly their lambs, to try and, and get the wool off so that they don't have issues with fly strike. But because, because of the weather conditions, while there are a lot of positives with pastures, there are also the negatives with uh, an increase in the fly population and fly strike because it's just ideal. And if the wool's moist, the flies love to, to go and find that moist wool uh, and um, strike that uh, animal. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Uh, let's talk uh, apples now, if we can. Have the falls helped our apple producers? Look, the, the, the last few weeks have been ideal from a rainfall point of view, probably not ideal from a temperature point of view, uh, and I'll explain that in a minute. But um, growth, the, the crop is looking magnificent. I've had the opportunity to have a drive around some orchards in recent days, and you know, there, there is a very good crop, and from what I can gather, those that have managed it well have um, you know have very high quality fruit this year. There's there's not a lot of disease in it, um, you know, the, not, not a lot of black spot, um, and so you know it's looking and and the size is good. There's also a lot of apples, so it's quite a heavy crop, also reasonable size. So that rainfall has um, created that grain great size. On the downside, the temperature, particularly those overnight temperatures, have been above average, and that actually means that fruit colouring is uh, off a little bit. The, the apples like colder weather to create that really red colour. So, oh, yeah, right. it, it, it's had positives and negatives now. Okay. Look, you mentioned the weather, and just to finish briefly, I mean, we really haven't had much of a taste. There's been a couple of almost autumn mornings, but we're still a long way from seeing it. And as you mentioned earlier, temperature's set to get up to near 30 again at the start of next week. 
Look, yeah, and overnights too. That, that's been the amazing thing. I've watched my vegetables in particular grow. Those overnight temperatures, you know, some of them have been 15 or 16 degrees minimum overnight. Mm. We've had a couple of 11s. Um, but, yeah, that, that, that's really helped with plant growth. So everything is just going ahead rapidly. Um, so time will tell in the next couple of weeks, but it won't be long before we start to see the, those awesome leaves <laughs> too start appearing. That's something you can guarantee, that's for sure. I'm with Bruce Reynolds. Nice to chat as always. Thanks for your time. Thanks, Neil. Neil Gill for Breakfast, the podcast. And finally, on this week's episode of the Triple M Breakfast podcast, let's go to Mount Panorama. Racing is back. If you ask many and people in the sport, they'll tell you it is the best, hands down, circuit in the entire world. So why then aren't we using it more? Well, turns out we are. We've got the opening round of the Supercars Championship happening, the thrifty Bathurst 500 this weekend. And we have a local man that will be competing in the support categories. He's had a meteoric rise to fame in motorsport here in Australia. And Cody Birch is with us. How are you, Cody? Good morning now. Mate, uh, Bathurst 12 hours. Jesus, some nice cars getting around at great speed up around that mountain. Yeah, it's a pretty cool event. So you see all the all the factory European drivers for your brands like Mercedes, Porsche, Audi, all that stuff come over. So it's a, it's a very cool spectacle to, I guess, have in Australia. And uh, the, those drivers just, I guess, take it to another level in terms of uh, – how to uh, how to rag a car around a racetrack. So mm. it's it's an awesome event to watch, and it was pretty cool to see a uh, another Aussie win the win the race once again, who's actually a factory Porsche driver. So yeah, it was pretty cool. Let's talk about that. We know how your progression's going very well for you in the Dunlop series at the moment. The next step up, I guess, is supercars for you. Uh, these European drivers that race in GT3, GT4, uh, Carrera Cup, etc. Is that another level or is that just a different, is that turning left instead of turning right, for example? Uh, yeah, so it's another, I guess, progression. So really in Australian motorsport, you've got a got a couple of different ways you can go about it. You can choose to go down the, the supercars route or um, we can go down the, the Porsche route, which there's opportunities to go overseas. And mm-hmm. I guess in uh, typical motorsport fashion, that overseas option tends to be a little bit more expensive. So... Yeah, right. um, it's definitely a, if you're in the right hands, it's it's a it's a pretty cool step. We're seeing a lot of people go overseas these days. Uh, to I guess to be in that Formula One route and European thing, there's a lot of kids that are overseas by the age of 14 now. So, right. um, so from from a from a very young age, there are yeah, it's it's quite a large I guess outlay in investment. So, um, but yeah, they all the majority of them all come from Europe. So that's uh, I guess that's their bread and butter. But uh, for for I guess what we're trying to aim at doing is definitely down the supercars route at this point in time. Okay, uh, Valentino Rossi, nine-time MotoGP champion. What do you make of him? He's uh, he loves going quick on anything. Yeah, he does, and I think he uh, surprised a lot of people coming from a motorbike. Sometimes just because they like speed, it doesn't transition. But I think he's uh, he's got that nailed. It's uh, but it's cool to see him in a in a car like he is and see. Um, I guess how good he really is at anything with wheels and motor. So mm. he did a bit of rally back in his day as well. So he, uh, yeah, I was there over the weekend, and the lineup was I reckon about a hundred meters just to just to get a glimpse yeah. of him. So <laughs> it's it's I guess cool to see uh, some uh, racing royalty. Yeah, absolutely. I, I watched a, a fair bit of. There was a lot of media covering him as well, and he's a very humble man. I mean, whilst he's done everything there is to do in MotoGP, he knows that he's 
uh, he's just learning the, the motorsport, the car game, and uh, he was very humble. Absolutely. I think that's part of uh, being in motorsport. When you want to get to the top of your game, sometimes you've just got to cop it on the chin and, uh, and, and learn from it and understand that you've got a bit to learn. So he's obviously nailed that, and I'm sure it won't be long, and then he'll be teaching some others, I guess, how to drive a little bit as well. Mm, yeah. All right, let's talk about this weekend. Uh, the Bathurst 500, of course, it's the first round of the supercars. That will see uh, your category taking to the track, the Dunlop Championship. Tell us about it. Yeah, so this weekend's round one of our 2024 Dunlop Series uh, campaign. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. So it's looking to be to be a big, big event, plenty of cars. Uh, I guess in the Dunlop Series, I'd say we're going to be north of about 20, 25 cars, which is right. which is quite large and a, and a huge depth of talent in the field. So I'm looking forward to it. Uh, obviously, racing a, racing at Bathurst in a supercar has something of... Uh, always looked up to and wanted to do so i'm looking forward to finally uh, i guess getting to do that okay have you gone around bathurst in this car yet no not yet so my my first laps around there in the supercar will be on uh, on friday morning so yeah i'm looking forward to it and a lot of people i guess refer to it as uh yeah you sometimes your vision gets a little bit distorted or whatever just because how how fast it is in between the walls but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So I guess it's a thing uh, a lot of race car drivers and people dream of doing one day. So um, I'm looking forward to doing it. I'm sure it's going to be plenty to learn. Yeah. Um, and I guess just working your way up to it as well mm. will uh, will be the key. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I've got, I got a great team of people behind me and uh, I guess a huge team of people to learn off in the MW Motorsport crew. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, I'm still pinching myself a little bit. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Uh, listen, so you, you're practicing Friday. What, what, how does the weekend shape up for you in terms of uh, time on track, racing, et cetera? So now we get a lot more track time purely because we're the, we're the main uh, support category to the Vet Supercars. We get uh, two, I think it's an hour and 40-minute practices on uh, on friday and then so now we change into having two qualifying sessions and two races instead of the last year we had one qualifying and three races so the format changes a little bit we are so with the two qualifying sessions each session qualifies you for that race so one qualifying and one race on saturday and sunday yep uh so basically what they're trying to do is i guess replicate what you what you do in the main game and okay how to how to bring a new tire in how to get the most out of the car consistently. So it's a definitely a big format change. But, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, There will be a, a big learning curve, and i just got to be a sponge, take it all in, yeah. and uh, just keep improving on myself. How Do you know how long the races are? I guess you would. So each race is 40 minutes. So it'll, uh, it'll get quite hot in the car. The cabin gets north of almost oh, 60 degrees or so. Wow. And then you've got to factor in your... You got a fireproof race suit on. Uh, you basically got skins on as well that are fireproof, and so and a helmet, balaclava. So the heat inside them is uh, pretty crazy. So we yeah. actually have cool suits in that yep. in case we need them to to put on, which is uh, connected to a dry ice box. So it's it's basically a sauna, and then put a put a jumper and long <laughs> pants on inside of it. So yeah, right. it's uh yeah. It was it was definitely warm on the test day, but uh yeah, like I said, it's part of the game and uh you just gotta get used to it. So twenty five, thirty laps will you do? Or or twenty yeah, about twenty laps? Yeah, so at Bathurst I'd say we'll probably do about fifteen to eighteen. Okay. Purely just because of how long the circuit is. Yeah, but yeah. any other any other but re- at Bathurst that's basically a full tank run. 
So, all oh, right. Um, okay. If you factor it, yeah. So basically, you'll have a all but a fuel full tank of fuel for that race, and uh, you'll be, uh, I guess, in the in the real in supercars, they'd be coming in for a pit stop. So it's a uh, yeah, it's a cool spectacle. I'm looking forward to it. Cody Birch is with me, ladies and gentlemen. You'll catch him racing this weekend at uh, the Thrifty Bathurst 500 in the Dunlop Series. I wish you all the very, very best. And we'll talk next week, find out how it all went for you. Sounds great. Thanks, Neil. Neil Gill for breakfast. Anytime you want on Listener. And six to nine weekdays on Orange and the Central West, 105.1 Triple M.